0: You just have to do it because if you sit back and you think of all the reasons
1: why you shouldn't, you can't, you will never launch whatever it is that you're trying to launch and you just have to do it. And, you know, sometimes that may upset the people in your life because they have an image of you and this new journey or this new passion you want to pursue doesn't fall in line with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you may be a wife or a partner, a mother, a caregiver but you're also your own person first and Mm -hmm. foremost. And you can't be what everybody needs you to be unless you're filling yourself up.
0: Welcome everyone to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey.
2: We know all the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and
0: hustle every day. But we love what we do. And today we're talking with Randy Smith, founder and lead designer of Sugar Euphoria, a boutique wedding cake and confectionery studio in North Carolina. Randy's work has been featured in Style Me Pretty Brides Magazine, Martha Stewart, Barwood and Blue, Southern Bride and Groom, We know Lucci Bride, Wedding Sparrow, and Gray Likes Weddings. And we've known her for a while in industry and just absolutely love her. Randy, welcome to Hustle & Gather.
1: Thank y'all for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, us too. That's quite the list of things you've been I featured know. in. It's a
1: long list. <laughs> so long. Like, oh, boy. Yeah. been doing this for a long time, though. Oh, so
2: yeah. Enough. Well, we love your work. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. All right. So um, getting into your story, because we to hear all about it. So tell us about growing up and how and where you got your passion for baking.
1: Sure. So I grew up in Nassau, Bahamas, the land of sun, sand, and sea, and There's nothing like growing up on the Caribbean island for the good and the bad. Like, it's absolutely beautiful, but the island is only 21 miles by seven miles, and there's Mm. nothing to do there. Yeah. There's only so many times you can go to the beach. And so one of the things I used to do to pass the time was bake with my mom and my grandmother. Mm. Uh, We would bake, like, traditional Bahamian stuff, but we would also make, like, seven-layer brownies or, like, something that she would pick up in an old magazine, like Mm. Good Housekeeping or something. So... Yeah, we did that every single Sunday until I went off to college. Oh wow.
2: That's yeah. a cool memory. That's yeah. so neat. Nice. It was
1: nice. And so then I went off to college and I have to confess I didn't bake a single thing. Yeah. While I was there. Did you miss it? No. I didn't even think about it. Like I mean, I didn't
2: bake anything in college. Oh no, but you didn't grow up baking. <laughs> Just
1: saying. I was like, what? I left Nassau with all these—I came here to all these restaurants. Like, this Cheesecake Factory, who needs to bake? (laughs) That's right. At Cold Stone. So, yeah, I didn't even think about it until I was all by myself living in Durham. All my friends had left after graduation, and I started binge-watching Cake Boss. Mm. I was like, I grew up baking. I can do this. Yeah, and if these guys can do it, like, surely I can do this, too. But The joke was on me, and (laughs) I— I was not that good starting <laughs> out.
2: So it was more like uh, Nailed It than Cake Boss. Right. Yeah, was Yeah, mm-hmm. I love Nailed It. My seven-year-old it. loves Nailed It. I've watched all of the holiday Nailed It no, like a bajillion times. Oh, man.
1: Those Netflix shows, they're always asking me to come on. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not ready yet. You got to do it. Yeah. yeah.
2: You're not be on Nailed It, though.
1: No, not yeah. Nailed It. Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. I
1: can't remember the name of
0: the other one. It was like, I had a friend who went to college with. She owns Belle Bakery. Uh-huh. And she was on that TLC show. Like it was Ultimate Cake Bake Off or something like that. Probably. I don't know. All these names, they I start know. to run together.
2: Maybe you have like a partnership one and you're like, bring your favorite planner and you can bring me along. <laughs> yes! And I'll help you and mess it up on the side. Be some comedy. You don't want Courtney. Oh, you're you're a pretty good Yeah, I made an amazing trifle this Christmas. It was amazing.
1: I mean, we would be good entertainment.
2: It would be good. I know. We should do it. Netflix, if you're listening, (laughs)
1: where it's
0: at. (laughs) Well, uh, so obviously you just started baking your friends off. So, what was your original? Like, what'd you want to do? What'd you go to school for?
1: I actually. Left Nassau to go to UNC Chapel Hill to be a doctor. Oh, yeah, a very different life. Yeah, I was on the pre-med track, and I suffered through anatomy and organic chemistry. Mm -hmm. And when I was getting ready to graduate, I made it to like the second round of applications for med school. Paid them all that money, and then they started sending me letters back like, Hey, we just realized you're not a U.S. resident or citizen, and we don't accept international students. Okay, oh, well, I was like, "Oh, good to know now." Uh,
2: about <laughs> four after, years ago, right after when I just gives, suffered through that, right? And Is there time, even a medical school in the Bahamas? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's not. And so
1: I said, mm, this, isn't, "This isn't going how I thought it was going to go." But I'm not going back to Nassau. So what can mm-hmm. I do in the meantime? And I ended up doing HIV research for a year mm-hmm. at UNC Chapel Hill, and then I went to UNC Charlotte to get. A master's of science in public health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did more HIV research and like community health stuff. Wow. And again, I was bored. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to take this up a notch. And I started taking classes, baking classes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, during that time, I also was applying to med school in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I don't think I'm going back. Yeah. Yeah, I love it here. Yeah. So, yeah, we just scratched that whole med school plan that me and my parents have been talking about since I was about Six?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you like second guess that choice a lot? No, not at
2: no? all,
1: especially not after working in the hospital. Yeah. And, you know, I was there with people during their residency and internships and the doctors who had been there for decades. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is not the life that I want to <laughs> live. I do not want this for myself. Um, so, you know, my my parents were super supportive, too. I thought yeah, they would disown me, but they're right. like, all
2: right, cool. Yeah.
1: But don't come home. That's all they say. Like, (laughs) do not come back to NASA. There's nothing to do. That was a
2: one-way trip. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And so they were supportive of me getting my master's. And then I was like,
2: hey, I'm just going to
1: start baking. I'm going to do this bridal show. And they're like, all right, cool.
2: So when was that?
1: That was in 2013. Okay. Okay. In 2013, I did a bridal show. So I made my business legitimate, paid the state all their money in like 2012. And then in 2013, I was like, all right, I'm going to order these cake dummies and I'm going to decorate them and make like 1200 samples of cake. And I went to the forever
2: bridal
0: show. Okay.
2: Oh, I was like, wow. hi, I'm Randy and I do wedding cakes. Mm, that's great. Nice. Yeah. So your business was launched from that forever bridal. I think
0: it is. We've talked about this on past Multiple podcasts, times, uh-huh, uh-huh. but <clears throat> I think it's a great launching point for certain companies. And I think, bakers typically do really well there too. Yeah. And, and it, honestly, you have such a talent. Like I think you would have done well no matter which one you went to. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. That was like, so how did you learn
2: cake design? Like how did you become so talented? Like what were some of the classes that you took? I took a bunch of classes at Michael's. Okay. Mm. You know, they
1: do those in-store craft yes. classes. Yes. So that was a it was a nice little starting point. I made some friends from that class. I took it in Charlotte and I quickly realized I do not have the skill set to take this any further than making my own birthday cake. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady in Connecticut. She was world-renowned um, in all of the magazines. She was teaching classes everywhere, and her name was Erica O'Brien. And she was doing these one-on-one classes. And so I said, well, I'm going to save up. I'm going to go to Connecticut, and I'm going to spend a weekend with her learning everything I can about wedding cake. Hmm. And it was an amazing time. Yeah. We talked about, like, internal structure and, you know, getting smooth and sharp edges mm-hmm. and rolling out fondant properly. And on the very last hour of my course, she unveiled her dough sheeter. And she was like, yeah, so now you know how to roll out fondant. But this is what I use. <laughs> I'm like, oh, OK. How much does this cost? Three grand. All right. <laughs> yeah. Put Worth it. Worth it. And I put that on my like vision board. I'm like, I'm buying a dough sheeter. I'm not rolling out this <laughs> fondant.
2: It looks like a lot of work. It is
1: so tough. Yeah. Like, Like I
2: said, I've seen nailed it. It looks like a lot of muscles to roll out that fondant.
1: Yes. Carpal tunnel is a thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's it's not my favorite part. Yeah. Okay. Decorating.
2: You don't use a lot of fondant though. I don't. I I know. I don't. People here just don't like
1: fondant. Well, it doesn't taste good. It does not. Yeah. It's a horrible texture, Mm -hmm. but it makes for a pretty cake. It does. does. So, yeah. So I just went and I learned from her and came back and was like, all right, now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah. Between going to that in-person class and getting on YouTube. And during that time, there were also a lot of platforms coming up, education platforms that you could subscribe to. And they were releasing Kate classes like weekly. So that really
0: helped. Wow. Mm-hmm. So very like self-taught then. Very well, I mean, you self-taught. took classes, but I mean, still, yeah. like you still had to kind of dig deep and figure it out. Yeah, I do not have a pastry arts degree. Yeah. Nothing yeah. like that. Never went to culinary school. That's really awesome because, I mean, you should see her work, but, like, you would think that you had some kind of, like, artistry background. Being a science background, that's even more shocking. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think your childhood, like, inspires some of, like, your designs, like, living on an island and— yeah, both the design and the flavors. Yeah. So I don't shy away from color.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, I'm always trying to get couples to give me more color. Yeah. Please, what, what else can we put on this? And what are your flowers going to be like? How can we? White and
2: green. And blush. And blush. <laughs> and blush. <laughs> very, very light pink, but almost white. Right.
1: And so, yeah, I don't shy away from color. And I definitely, growing up in the Bahamas, has influenced that. I mean, If you've ever been, you know, you could go down Bay Street and you're going to see greens and blues, pinks, Mm -hmm. oranges and yellows. My parents hate it, though. They're very whites and Mm greens.
2: people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not your client. They're not
1: my (laughs) ideal client. No, they're not my ICA. So, yeah, so I don't shy away from color. And then in terms of flavors, I love, love the floral and the fruity. Mm. So, yeah, which is great because I feel like a lot of my clients – embrace that too and I have a lot of people that are from different countries or come from different parts of the of the U.S. Mm -hmm. and so they're like oh yeah give me the mango and the passion fruit and coconut like yes yeah and don't get me wrong I love almond and strawberry but if we could do something different let's do it
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with that I think it's fun like I think weddings too are a place for guests to even try something different yeah like kind of out of the box but I love that
1: are you like a one-man show do you bake them all decorate them all so I have had my fair share of interns. Okay. But recently a lot of the culinary schools in the area have closed. Mm. So that's just reduced the hiring pool mm-hmm. tremendously. Yeah. Um, and then I recently got another assistant. So I had an assistant up until COVID actually. Okay. Yeah. And then everything I did through COVID I was doing by myself. Yeah. Um, which was not bad because the cakes were smaller. Mm. But then coming into this year, yeah. I was like, oh, the cakes are getting Mm-hmm huge. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, we're back to the five tiers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't do this by myself anymore. And I've put out some calls for hiring, reached out to the culinary schools, but I haven't gotten a lot of people lately. So yeah. that's been really difficult um, getting folks in because I think from what I gather, a lot of times when they graduate, they're trying to get into like the hotels or the big restaurants, or they want to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Like you really find people that want to come work for like a small boutique right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is tough. So I'm hoping that people are realizing like weddings are back and they're booming. Like you can go, you can get a job Mm -hmm. in the wedding industry. It's okay now. Right. I know, right? right. I think it's going to be (laughs) okay.
0: It is. But I think there are definitely, people are gun shy. I think everyone's a little gun shy to even like say those words. And I mean, because even pre-pandemic, like we would have told you like nothing could have stopped this industry. Right. Like a recession is not going to stop it. It might look a little different, but- it, like, crippled it. Mm. Yeah. And it was shocking. Yeah. You know? And I was like,
1: oh, on the other side of this 2021, we're going into the roaring 20s. Like, people are going to be spending all the money on weddings. Yes. And I am starting to see that, but I'm like, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. So like, yeah. Let's get this party started in my kitchen with, like, two or three more people. <laughs>
0: right, 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 right. <laughs> like, does
1: your husband help you at all? Not at all. Not okay. Not at all. So you haven't roped him in for any of it? No. Wow. When we first started, uh, he went with me to deliver a wedding cake. Mm. And we showed up and part of the cake was fake. And he underestimated, like, he thought it was going to be heavier than it was. And so he put too much force under oh. it. And he, like, pretty much almost threw it up in the air. And thankfully, nothing happened to the cake. And it was, like, his brother's best friend's wedding. So even if something happened, it would have been fine. But ever since then, he's been, like, absolutely <laughs> not. I am not like going on terrified delivery. Of it. Yeah, yeah, he was traumatized. Mm-hmm. And he has a moving company. And he owns many uh-huh. box trucks. And transit vans and he refuses to help me. The most that he'll do is like come to the fridge and be like, This cake is too heavy. I don't want you to lift it. It's mm-hmm. like especially whenever I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. He's like, I will lift this for you. He puts it in my car and he said, So who's who at the venue is gonna help with this? And I was <laughs> like, like, I'll find somebody. Me. <laughs> yeah. It's me in my car. And and I can't hand over delivering cakes just yet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I will let people come oh, in and sure. meet clients and they design, but that
0: delivery is one last step. Yeah. And it's, it's so important too. It's so important.
1: And yeah. even though I have the cake safe and mm-hmm. multiple cake safes, I'm just like, no, yeah. I yeah. will track all over North Carolina with my cakes by myself. Okay. Yeah.
0: So what are some things like, you know, we're moms too, obviously, and it is a whole different ballgame being it an is. entrepreneur and then also being an entrepreneur and a mom. What has been like the most like Shocking, hardest thing about balancing it all?
1: Yeah. So when I first started out, I had a bakery in Morrisville, mm-hmm. uh, which was like 45 minutes from my house without traffic. Mm-hmm. And Finley was just born and she, like, she grew up on the countertop mm-hmm. in a bumbo, which technically shouldn't have been on the countertop. I know our,
0: all our kids have bumbos on, on the, the countertop. Top. Yeah, on the yeah. countertop. So I made like, it through. Yeah, she's fine.
1: She's a smart <laughs> kid. But that was just a really hard time. I was like, oh, she's not really getting any. No interaction for me, she's just on my hip or in the bumbo. And thankfully, she's well adjusted. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was really difficult. And then just learning how to lean on people Mm. to help. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jeff comes from a large family. He's one of five. And everybody lives here. And like his mom is amazing. But I just had to get over my own ego and be like, all right, I can't do this by myself. Here are my kids. And here's the diaper (laughs) bag. I will see y'all in a few hours. Yeah. So just letting go. Y'all can tell I have some control issues mm. like delivering cake. Yeah. <laughs> delivering children. Delivering children, dropping them off. So that was really difficult. Um, yeah. And I feel like Finley uh, didn't get most of of the attention um, out of the kids, even though she's the firstborn. And, you know, right. like everybody's firstborns mm-hmm. is like, you lavish attention on them. Right. She's like, uh. She's over here in her bouncer while clients are coming in mm-hmm. and like doing consultations. But yeah, I had to quickly let that go. Yeah. And so now, thankfully, I have my mother-in-law and sisters-in-law who will gladly take them. Yeah. Any day, all day. <laughs> That's sometimes great. Sometimes I have to fight to get them back. Really? I don't fight too hard? <laughs> yeah. But I do have to fight <laughs> sometimes fight too hard. to get them back.
0: take back my children. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I love that idea. We've talked about this too, about like just community. And I do think it's really hard. And I don't know, I don't think it's, I had like an ego attached to it. Like it wasn't pride that I couldn't ask for help. It was just more of maybe it was pride. I don't know. Like, you know, I I, think we could be like misnaming this. It was just more of like, I shouldn't need help. Like Mm. I should be able to do this. Like this shouldn't be so hard or I don't know. Or you can rationalize, well, other people have it harder. Right. Like I have a wonderful life. Why is it so difficult for me or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I struggled with that too. Yeah. I still don't ask for help. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever. Hardly ever. Oh, no, I ask for help in everything now.
2: Oh, yes. I distinctly remember one time Dana looking at me and saying, I don't need help like you do. <laughs> she literally said that to me and I was like, ah, okay. Oh, <laughs> well, it's <was> true. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, I was, I don't know what She do. needed help in
0: other ways. I did. <laughs> But it was it it just very different. Like I mean, I have a I have a little bit of like a family support because I have my in laws to help with the kids more, and like you don't really have in laws to help. Don't. So it's just very different. So like I'm Courtney's backup, where she's not always my backup. She's becoming more and more. I think as my in laws have been stressing me out. (laughs) So. Listen,
1: I have been like my mother in law say to me like I know you have a lot of laundry. I remember what it was like having all those kids and laundry Mm. never left my couch.
2: She would do your laundry?
1: She she would tell me, like, just bring the clothes over here and I will do it. I will sort the socks. And I'm like, no, because you're already making dinner and watching them and, like, doing arts and crafts and all of that. So, no, you're not going to do my laundry. But I have hired a laundry service. Okay.
2: Uh. That's so amazing, though. It takes a village. I mean, literally, it It does. I just don't think that... You were meant to do it alone. Like, it's not possible to be in, like, your highest years of life that you're supposed to be earning, like, your high-earning years, and then also be in that, like, child-rearing, bearing years. Like, that's, like, what grandmothers are for. Like, that's, like, I think that's, like, how the social construct was supposed to be. And somehow in America, we've gotten it twisted. Right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we really have. I was talking with my best friend, Krista, and she's doing a book on the grandmother hypothesis. There's very few animals in the wild that have grandparents, basically. Like, have adult members of their society that don't reproduce. Like, once they're done reproducing, they basically die because they're no longer useful to their species. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about, she's researching about this, like, grandmother hypothesis. And there's, like, a certain bug that... I can't remember what it was, an insect, but whatever. If they're two different things, I don't know. That um, they make, like, their, basically, like, their pouch or their, like, where their larvae are. And it is the grandmothers, the ones that aren't in, like, uh, childbearing years that basically guard this pouch or whatever. And when a predator comes, they, like, secrete this substance that basically, like, freezes them. They sacrifice themselves. And the predator for the larvae that are, like, growing. And, like, that's their role, right? Mm -hmm. She was talking to to me also about there are some whale societies, like orca societies, that the grandmother's job is basically to, like, hunt and provide food for the pack. And it was really interesting just kind of looking through, like, the role of grandmothers is actually very much to care for the younger generations while the people who are in the – like more fit or whatever, Mm -hmm. go out and either reproduce or go out and get food or whatever. But I don't know. I think we've just kind of gotten that like that lost in the United States that we don't have a grandmother based society. It is just a mother based society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree.
1: A hundred percent.
2: Just just thinking about
1: like all of my friends, they're like, what? I cannot believe your mother-in-law has your kids four days a week until like nine o'clock some nights. I I know. Yeah. And my sister-in-law has them the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes on Saturday when I'm delivering cakes. So Mm -hmm. I definitely couldn't do it without them, but they're also very protective and territorial. and. You know, we're they're
2: just, secreting their
1: substance. They are. and are like protecting <laughs> your pupa or whatever or your larvae. <laughs> Going to freeze themselves, <laughs> That's right? Because I'm like, oh well, I'm about to reach out and find a nanny for a few days a week, and they're like, absolutely not. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, but you're not available. So what am I supposed to do here? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's one fight that I'm in the middle of. So hopefully we can get it squared away. Because I'm like, oh no, Tuesdays. I need Tuesdays. Tuesdays are consultation days. Yeah. So. Somebody has to watch these children.
2: So we heard laundry service. Yeah. But what other advice would you give other moms that maybe have like a passion or some like creative purpose that they're pursuing and they're too scared to kind of make that jump?
1: You just have to do it because if Mm -hmm. you sit back and you think of all the reasons why you shouldn't, you can't, you will never Mm -hmm. launch whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're trying to launch and you just have to do it. And, you know, sometimes that may upset the people in your life because they have an image of you. And this new journey or this new passion you want to pursue doesn't fall in line with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you may be a wife or a partner, a mother, a caregiver, but you're also your own person first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And you can't be what everybody needs you to be unless you're filling yourself up. Mm -hmm. So. So true.
0: Go ahead and do it. And I think that's true. Like even, I know mostly of entrepreneurs that listen to this, but even as a non-entrepreneur someone who's just, as a passion and a, for whatever they do, whether they're, they want to be their teacher or they're climbing that corporate ladder or whatever, that there's always this stigma. And I saw the other day on Facebook, there was some, you know, it was something like, Oh, if you wanted to be a chef and make a five-star meal, I'd be like more power to you. But if you want to be home and like watching your kids and cooking them meals and they'll tell them you're a fifties housewife or something like just very like when is one right and when is one wrong? Right. Like, when did that become such a huge divide in our society that you have to justify it one way or the other? It's just a stigma that you have to choose and you can't do both because something's failing. Either your career's failing mm-hmm. or your family's failing. Right. And I don't know. I don't think that's true, but no one asked the dads about it. Nobody <laughs> ever
2: asked them. I know. No one. Nobody. No one. Well, that's not seen actually in nature either. There's no like patriarchy society. Yeah. It's always the women.
0: But it, I think it's, and I, and I don't, I don't have that experience in my life necessarily. Cause I have a, like a really great partner in life and he takes on a lot of the brunt of parenting and stuff like that. But it's never like, whenever we talk to anybody, it's always like, how do you do it? Duh, 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 duh. And like, he can have a whole conversation and be like, what's work like? Like, no one asked, like, how did you get through the pandemic? How are your kids doing in school? And I'm like, and they asked me, that. I'm like, I don't know, ask Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who dealt with it. It wasn't me. Like, that was not my, that was not my domain during the pandemic. I was not the school mm-hmm. teacher. It's not what yeah. I did, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. You'll never be able to please everybody. Right. I mean, that's just the long and short of it. So, um, yeah, I don't have that. Like, right now I called Jeff. I was like, hey, I have a podcast at one.
2: Mm-hmm
1: be there at 1220. <laughs> and I called him back and I was like, hey, I need you to do some so." And he was like, no, we're watching Minnie's Boutique. Like, call you back. And I was like, oh, well, that's cute, but I, I do need the tax return. So <laughs> like, Please send that over. I mean, and there are times when he's like, oh, wedding show on Sunday again? I thought Sunday was family time. And I'm like, yeah. Except I mean, for when there's wedding shows. Right, <laughs> except for bridal open houses. Like, uh-huh. We can make some exceptions here. So we're really good at making the exceptions. But... Mm. Yeah, there's just so much that goes on every day. And I'm like, yeah, I can call him to put a load of laundry in the washing machine, but none of us really have time to do the laundry. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm just going to get on this hair app and have somebody come and do it. Yeah. yeah. Pick up my trash bags from by the door and pop them <laughs> off all nice and folded and
2: smelling good. And I just go to put them away. I love that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. That yeah. does sound quite
0: amazing. It's really see nice. If Sam will do that
2: for me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He does that for me actually drop off my laundry. He has like these crazy meetings on Tuesdays and they're like three hours long and he just can like get on the phone. And he just, that's what he does. fold clothes. Yeah. He folds clothes and then mm-hmm. I put them away, which is fair.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, um, we like to ask this for every yeah. guest. Did you have what we call an oh shit moment? Like where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in over my head or a moment when you're like, I shouldn't be doing this.
1: Previously it was. Getting the studio space or the bakery Mm -hmm. that was so far from home. Only because the original plan was just to have a studio. And then they left all this equipment here. And I was like, oh, I should do retail too. And I did not. Finley was an infant. I didn't have the staff. I was running around with a bunch of interns. And I just Mm -hmm. got burned out so quickly. Mm -hmm. So quickly. We had one of the most profitable years that year. But I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I just... Put it up on Craigslist, so like, Bakery for Sublease. Please come and take this off my hand. And I was out. It's yeah, like, I cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Finley's suffering. Our house is suffering. I'm so tired all the time. And then I found out I was expecting again. And I was like, well, that's it. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw in the towel. The so. universe is speaking to you. Yes, mm-hmm. Seriously. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, I
0: love that though. Like, I love the thought that even though it was the most profitable year and the success of it, it's still like, it wasn't worth the mental like sanity essentially. Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. That's such a brave choice to make. It was terrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Every day I would get there and be like, what? No shade to the interns. But what do I have to stay until two o'clock in the morning to fix before mm-hmm. this cake goes out? And then Finley's crying in her car seat as we go through rush hour traffic Mm -hmm. down 40. So it was just, it was a hiring time (laughs) in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I made the decision that at this juncture, all the kids are young, I'm not going to do retail. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to focus on the orders Mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens a few years down the line. But I'm not going back. And, you know, I just think about the money we spent, like trying to upfit this old building. I remember the building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just trying to make it work. And I was like, not working and I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, landlord. You'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> it took enough money anyway.
0: So. Yeah. I don't know. I love that. I love the freedom of that. Like yeah. That choice where you don't have to like, cause it, it's hard to walk away from money. It's hard to walk away from big profits and say like, oh, this
2: is this hard to walk away it. from money spent. Like yes. how much yeah. you've like invested and you're like, yes. like seeing it as a sunk cost, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 That's Jeff's favorite
0: term.
1: Sunk cost. <laughs>
2: He's always trying to walk away from something. <laughs> like, no, Chuck's not
1: working. It's gone. It's sunk
2: like, cost. Yeah.
1: It's like, what? I would never be able to do that. But yeah, I had to let it go. And now I feel that I'm at another, not a make or break point because I would always be able to make it. But I'm like, oh, no, we need another spot and mm-hmm. we need more employees. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now I just have to shift again. You figure that out. Yeah, figure yeah. it out. I'm so, to
0: it. yeah, what's on the horizon? Just finding a store and expanding.
1: Yes. Find in a studio and mm-hmm. um, consultation space, and I have a few leads. But mm-hmm. if anybody's looking in the Raleigh area, particularly mm-hmm. for commercial
0: space, it's really difficult. Yeah, um, and
1: it's even more difficult to find something that can be outfitted as a kitchen. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. with the grease traps, and, right, and all those and, things, and
1: all those things. Yes. So, I think we have a few leads, and hopefully, by the time this episode <laughs> airs, I'll be in my new spot. Um, so that's it, and then I'm launching a course. Okay, Uh, for cake designers because despite 2020 being a dumpster fire and a shit show, Mm. it was also a very profitable year. Mm. Um, Just learning what was working and what wasn't working and acting quickly. So yeah, it's really hard. Um, And you know, people are always like, oh, nobody's going to eat the wedding cake or I don't really care about cake. Mm. But I mean, it can be a focal point of your wedding. So you do want to invest. So just kind of getting people more confident to the, they
0: need to. the reason why they say that is I believe, and I tell these people all the time, like if you serve good cake, like one person that you can be like, oh my God, you had that cake. It was amazing. And that cake will be gone. Yeah. But if you serve crappy cake, then no, not everyone's gonna no, everyone's going
1: to eat it. And yeah. And just doing more um, speaking engagements and yeah. networking. Yes. So I'm feeling a little bit more confident about going out and mingling with people. Yeah. Mm. So I have a few conferences that I'll be attending towards the end of the year. Fun. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I get back out there. One of them is happening in Nassau. So I was like, there's no way I, I can't go. I just emailed and I was like, do I need to stay in the hotel? Because my parents literally live six minutes away. Mm-hmm. I pass it on the way to town every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. So I'll be there. And I'm excited.
2: Yeah. So would you ever do something like that connecticut like one-on-one classes?
1: Oh, yeah. I taught a few one-on-one classes okay. before. Mm-hmm. But I would probably look at, if I get the studio, when I get the studio, yeah. And doing some intensive courses because I've done a few like, oh, this is how you can do a six inch cake and make a cute for your kid's birthday, but not like, hey, you need to know all these things before you deliver your first wedding cake. I would
0: take that class though. Yeah. You would? I would take like a, how to make a birthday cake. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun because, and and truthfully, it's actually really hard to find a birthday cake for like a well-designed one because they don't, they don't have the time to make it. They're like, oh, I don't like, I don't make birthday cakes anymore. Yeah. So. I love birthday cakes. I know they're yeah. so fun. They are fun. I'm a birthday person. That would
2: be a blast to do some sort of like I know workshop. You could use the Bradford. Yeah. I could use yeah. the Bradford. Yeah. Is that something up? As if I'm not there all the time. That's right. Anyway. Just yeah. On the on the heels of a wedding. Yes. Yeah. Let's move we'll in plan it. It's moving. Seriously, mm-hmm. but yeah.
1: So that's that's the plan. Um, studio first, okay, and then all those other things. I think will kind of fall in line.
0: I like it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming today. Yeah, thank it's been you. so fun. Hey. Thanks, everyone, for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Randy, we picked up a Hama Mama cocktail. We hope you'll we'll get the chance to make it this week and cheers to those who will sort your socks. To learn more about Randy and her business, visit sugareuphoria.com or follow her on Instagram at sugareuphoria. And to learn more about our hustles, visit
2: cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com. Or follow us on Instagram at C&D Events at TheBradfordNC and at Hustle & Gather.
0: And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle & Gather.